Bigfoot Society would like to thank the following sponsors for helping make the podcast possible. The Singular Fortean Society has combined open and honest paranormal investigation and journalism since 2016. Visit the Society at Singular Fortean for all the latest weird news and more. Come with us and investigate the impossible. Lauren Smith is the hostess for Nightcaller's Bigfoot Radio, which has been on air for over a decade and has completed over 300 shows. Lauren brings with her a unique viewpoint given that she is not only the daughter of one of the veteran female Bigfoot researchers in the South, but she has been conducting field research since she was a preteen some 20 years ago. Nightcallers is a Bigfoot world favorite, and along with interviewing researchers and witnesses, often features interviews with guests from the documentary film and entertainment industry. Lauren also does a vidcast segment called Nightcallers, which features real encounters sent in by viewers. You can find all of this and more at nightcallersproductions.com. Welcome to the Bigfoot Society Clubhouse, where we discuss a new or old topic in cryptozoology every week. Just hang out and have a good time. I do need to let you know that by hanging out with us on stage and talking in the discussion, you are giving consent to uh, being recorded, which will be used in a future Bigfoot Society podcast, uh, YouTube video, could be anything that you could imagine coming down the pipeline. Uh, if you're not comfortable with that, uh, please go ahead and move on down to the audience. Um, sit back, relax, have a good time. Again, thanks to all for uh, hanging out, and uh, let's just have a good time. Hey, well, thanks for uh, coming into the Bigfoot Society uh, Clubhouse room. We've got a packed room tonight. We're going to be talking about Bigfoot and the connection between UFOs or UAPs and aliens and all that good stuff. Uh, it's going to be a wild time, so we're going to have some uh, fun stories and discussion, I think, and it's just going to be a good time. Um, I am going to uh, start out. Uh, I found this awesome article on uh, HuffPost.com, which, of course, is definitely known for its you know cryptid articles. Um, but it's kind of cool. It says Bigfoot, possibly an alien entity. And it's got stories in this articles, article that I have never heard before. So I'm going to share a few of them. Uh, <clears throat> Supposedly, in the year 1888, a cattleman described an encounter with friendly Indians in Humboldt County, California. Of course, Humboldt County. They led him to a cave where he saw a hefty humanoid creature covered in long, shiny black hair with no neck sitting cross-legged. Uh, he was told of th uh, he was told that three of these crazy bears had been cast out of a small moon that dropped from the sky and landed. The moon then ascended back into the air. Is it possible that the crazy bears were really Bigfoot and the moon a spacecraft? Hmm. Now fast forward to almost almost 100 years to 1973 to Miss Rifa Heightfield. She and her 13-year-old son were sleeping in a trailer in Cincinnati, Ohio on the morning of October 21st. She arose at 2.30 a.m. to get a drink and noticed strange lights in the adjoining parking lot. Looking out the window, her attention was drawn in particular to an inexplicable cone of light shaped like a huge bubble umbrella about seven feet in diameter. But nearby, she spotted a grayish ape-like creature with a large downward-angled snout, no neck, and a sizable waist. Moving slowly, it then entered into the light. About five minutes later, 
both Ape Man and UFO disappeared. This is some wild stuff. Um, you know, I've had some interviews on my uh, podcast where I've I've heard I've talked to to people about um, uh, Bigfoot and orbs, but I have yet to have an interview with someone where they've seen a Bigfoot and a UFO. Um, I'm I'm curious to what are our thoughts on this uh, group? Does anyone have a a uh, thought that they would like to share. Of course, I kind of said I will go ahead and pick someone. So I'm going to, you know, Mike, I'm glad to hear, have you here tonight along with everyone else. Mike, what are your thoughts on this? Well, if you look at uh, Paul Bartholomew, he kind of quotes the uh, sightings at the same time as all the stuff was going on in the Abair Road. If you look at the Chestnut Ridge, you've got Stan Gordon and Eric Altman reporting from their research, again, a lot of UFOs and Bigfoot sightings. <clears throat> I kind of waver, but I kind of been looking at it myself. I just got recently got some reports in some of the areas that we research. The uh, orbs with Bigfoot, that I've personally seen, um, where in a research area you're getting orbs, and then in a few minutes later you're getting howls or screams or something like that and that i actually have on video it's not great video but it's it's there so you know you can document and if it comes up it comes up but we'll see june 1st when the uh ufo reports come out how close the overlays are oh my goodness you're right can you imagine if it's like that info comes out and it's like guys we actually got to talk more about bigfoot and that would be wild. Like, yeah, that's a good reminder, Mike. So just to clarify, have you, you, you've seen orbs and then heard Bigfoot howls like pretty yeah, close proximity? Uh, I was down in the Chestnut Ridge, uh, down there with Altman and uh, Steve Culls, and I kept watching these orbs is the only thing I can explain them at is, you know, try to measure them as fireflies or whatever, but they were too big. And they were in the sky up. So at first I thought it were helicopters. Then it was lower in the tree. Then it was down lower. And it, I was running a really cheap, cheap digital camera. This goes to make sure you got a good equipment when you're going, guys, because it was not good for, for night. Um, when I lit everything up with spotlight, it just zipped by. The next night we're out in the same area, and we were out with a whole group. It was a big camping adventure. And a young man pointed up to the trees and said, hey, can you see that up there? And we watched an orb, and not two minutes later, we got a great scream growl come from the woods. And uh, my buddy uh, Jay uh, was there with us, and uh, yeah, we, we can't. And he just recently had a sighting that was on another podcast where he mentioned seeing a creature, getting it on therm, and then getting an orb right after, so... I mean, the best thing you do is document, you know, is it swamp gas? Is it something else? But uh, that anomaly is there, and it's something I can't <laughs> prove, disprove, but I've got it, you know, documented. And I think that's that's the important thing, that you have that, uh, that documented. That is really cool. Mike, thank you for sharing that. All right, Mike, who would you like to... Uh to choose next i'll let you choose man uh i am going to pick greg because he's over the borders because i'd like to know exactly what they've got just north of us i actually um researched a 
an American uh, incident. <laughs> so, sorry to disappoint you, Mike. But it is a very interesting incident, and um, and uh, Jeremiah mentioned the moon came down and the crazy bears got out. Well, it really reminded me of what I was looking at, the uh, Beach Six incident in Erie, Pennsylvania from 1966. Um, it, it was uh, July 31st of 1966 when an unidentified flying orb emitting a red light was seen above Presque State Park in Erie, Pennsylvania. Several witnesses corroborated the sighting, including an encounter with a Bigfoot-like creature scratching a car's roof from atop it. Um, there's a quote from Fred Lane, who was, a, who was present at the time. What happened was there was a group of people from Jamestown, and their car got stuck. The men got out to help, said Lane. Meanwhile, they had seen this bright light. It came down, and this creature got out and came over to the car and apparently scratched the car. So I have to say that uh, Fred Lane is, or I don't know if he still is, this article I read was from 2016. He's a, a volunteer investigator with MUFON, the Mutual UFO Network. And he is a key organizer of the Pennsylvania MUFON conference. Um, he was there in 1966 and did witness the uh, the craft or the object. Uh, he described, he says, um, I went down, I went down there and saw this red light hanging over the peninsula and it was just hanging there and then a jet came out of the sky and this thing just boom gone. Um, quite interesting. Um, I gotta say that uh, 1966 was an interesting year for paranormal activity, especially uh, West Virginia. We all know uh, that's when the Mothman of Point Pleasant sighting started to happen. Um, I can't really uh, say for sure that I believe that Bigfoot are aliens, but I mean, I guess, I guess there's a, a good possibility. It would explain a lot of the, the uh, hiding and um, just the impossibility it's been to find one of these things. Um, yeah, uh, I really like that uh, that case of the the beach at beach six incident, and I think I'm going to see if Ashley has a story to share with us. Yeah, I'm, I'm good to go. So I'm actually going to share kind of more of a, a, a personal anecdote, and that is when I first kind of came across this idea of, of Bigfoot as, um, you know, anything other than, than a terrestrial, you know, flesh and blood animal. Um, so back in probably, I'm going to say it's, it was probably 2007, 2008, um, back when I was a, a young researcher, <laughs> I used to frequent the website, which I'm sure everybody here is probably familiar with, but uh, cryptomundo.com. 
And a commenter um, had told this grand story about, you know, an interdimensional Bigfoot. Um, But I mean, it was in, you know, great, great detail. And it was just discussing how he, you know, directly worked with the government. Um, He knows and we know that Bigfoot possesses some type of, um, you know, ultra terrestrial power that, you know, they can turn invisible or, you know, they can be visible to us or they can just kind of disappear. Um, and, and I just, like I said, that was the first time that I've ever had ever seen anything like that. And, you know, obviously it was, it was interesting, um, but very, very hard to, um, you know, very hard to take in. Um, uh, but I did kind of fall into that rabbit hole and I had kind of, um, researched other, uh, you know, platforms, other, you know, places of 40 news and things like that did find this person kind of everywhere. Um, you know, whether or not his own anecdote of working closely with these creatures was real or not, I mean, of course, that's up for debate. I had never heard anything else from him. But I did want to mention, um, kind of going off of what Greg was talking about and the, the Prescott situation is that, you know, that was actually um, the most interesting part of that is that it was um, actually a case that you can find in Project Blue Book. And it is heavily investigated, um, you know, by the uh, U.S. government during that time and just like Erie in general has is kind of known for having these um just very similar stories all around not just of uh the ufos but of bigfoot and there is a very strong correlation between bigfoot sightings and and ufo sightings um and then just kind of my last point that i want to mention is that you know it's not just it doesn't seem to be just bigfoot and ufos that actually kind of seems to be um, these kind of incidents of high strangeness tend to happen repeatedly. Um, You know, you'll have some witnesses who, you know, don't just, they they don't just, you know, see Bigfoot the one time and then they never have an experience ever again. Usually they go on to have, you know, other um, paranormal kind of happenings surrounding their lives. I myself happen to be one of those people. I see UFOs constantly. And it was weird to me to find out that that wasn't new or normal you know once i realized that this was kind of a fringe thing um so i mean there is definitely some kind of correlation between these people experiencing um all the high strangers now tyler strand last week was on here when we were talking about the patterson gimlin film and he was kind of talking about the um uh like the trickster element right and so i mean i think that that can definitely play a big part um you know, here is that maybe what we're seeing is not necessarily Bigfoot. It's not necessarily UFOs. Um, it's it's something else entirely, and that's what our mind makes it makes it up as. But that's kind of as far as I've gotten with it. Oh, that is awesome, Ashley. Thank you for for sharing all that. I, I didn't know the the Project Blue Book thing. That was a that was an awesome fact to throw out. I'm gonna do a quick room reset for everyone that uh, may have just come into the room tonight. We are talking about uh, Bigfoot and the UFO connection. Um, if there's anyone down in the audience and they have they would like to be included in the discussion or they have. Uh, incident to share etc feel free to raise your hand we can definitely bring you on up but uh at this time ashley uh, feel free to uh pick someone else okay i'm gonna go ahead i'm gonna go with lisa hi thanks uh so i don't have a whole lot to say i didn't even know what the topic was until uh i actually logged in tonight um so i didn't prepare anything but I, I do have an interest in this subject and 
I've often kind of thought that the chances of Bigfoot being more alien related rather than uh, an actual like like an ape or something like that made more sense to me that it was more extraterrestrial. I mean, I think uh, it was your podcast, Jeremiah, where I uh, first said uh, that I thought that maybe all cryptids are actually aliens, but who knows? Um, But I definitely, I've heard people tell me that they've seen the Bigfoot appear through the orb and things like that. I've never had any personal experience with that, so I can't say either way, you know. I, ha- I tend to uh, just kind of think that it's more likely that rather than a creature that it can stay hidden this long and not be proven to exist is more likely not of this dimension. That's it. That's all I have to say. Um, I'll turn it over to Kenzie. Cool. I have like a half-formed thought for you guys because I um, really spent my time making that stupid graph that I sent to the Discord chat instead of doing actual research. Um, But my, I guess my personal opinion on this is that in the research that I have done, I guess really I don't I don't know where I where I stand on you know Bigfoot being flesh and blood or extraterrestrial. But I think that the biggest like link in the correlation between UFO sightings and Bigfoot sightings is just like genuinely like areas of high strangeness and the people's like, I guess, desire to like see something weird or like acknowledge that something is weird. Um, And like in the case of New Hampshire, like New Hampshire does not have like the most Bigfoot reported sightings in the entire world but I think about this a lot and like you guys are gonna have to just follow me on this mental journey because I started talking and I don't really have a point but um you see this a lot in like tv shows like I I don't know how many of you guys actually watched Hellier but like in Hellier they go and they start talking to people in these random towns in uh, towns in Kentucky and are basically like oh like what kind of strange things happen around here and a lot of them are like oh well nothing really and then 15 minutes into the conversation they're like oh well you know actually one time there was this weird thing that you know hovered over our city for eight hours straight and oh also like sometimes we see these cave people and whatever um and i think sometimes like in some of these areas like things get really uh normalized as like yeah we see that all the time so like it's not really something that we consider weird um so it doesn't end up being reported um and as of June 24th, 2020, New Hampshire was number three on the list of states with the most UFO sightings. Um, And when it comes to like the BFRO reports in New Hampshire, they're kind of low, but like they're also like kind of broken down by county and the counties with the most um, sightings are way up in the woods of New Hampshire. Um, And New Hampshire is 81% wooded. that's like 4.8 million acres of of woods um and i i kind of really just think that like sometimes these things like if if people didn't feel like that stuff was so normalized in their area i feel like we'd see a lot more of it um 
on these like you know maps of like where these things intersect i don't know i thanks for listening to me ramble i'm just gonna pass it off to someone else um i'm actually gonna pass it to alex because as the other new hampshire native um i want to see what he has to say about that yes i had a bunch of thoughts about that as you were talking about that thanks for passing me the mic hope everyone's doing well tonight thanks for coming on into the group here awesome chat definitely a topic that a lot of i think bigfoot researchers either are overly obsessed with or shy away from entirely this whole ufo ufo connection so i'm just going to talk a little bit about my kind of personal experiences i don't really know where to stand i mean i personally think that bigfoot is probably something flesh and blood now i do have a bit of a weird perspective on the whole paranormal phenomena whether you want to call it the ghost stuff or ufos or cryptids i don't know um, I, I think what's paranormal now will probably be normal in like 50 60 years when we understand what's actually going on i think it's totally normal it's just beyond our 3d you know have to see it to believe it kind of mentality that we have i mean if i tried to go back 200 years ago and explain wi-fi technology to people i'd probably call the wizard so that's just kind of my weird perspective on the paranormal. Now, that being said, you know, having spoken to probably hundreds of Bigfoot eyewitnesses at this point, majority of them are basically just saying they saw an animal that behaved as in a way that a biological animal would. Now, that doesn't mean Bigfoot might not have some weird abilities that we just can't explain right now. But um, I have met credible people who claim that Bigfoot is, you know, some sort of interdimensional thing or can teleport or, or have some kind of weirder abilities that have claimed ufo connections but i've also met people who claim bigfoot's paranormal but it has nothing to do with ufos it has more to do with orbs so i, I guess it kind of just depends um i've seen actually one of my personal experiences with a ufo was in pennsylvania and i really like the, the flap area idea and i think ashley and maybe somebody else mentioned stuff about high strangeness and these kind of areas where there seems to be an overlap in, in phenomena going on and there was this area that really opened my eyes a little bit more to the weirder side of things uh, in Pennsylvania, investigating with some colleagues, used to go a couple of years in a row. And I interviewed three generations of a family that had Bigfoot activity going on in their property. Really interesting. It's uh, one of the interviews on my channel, Pennsylvania Bigfoot Witnesses, because I interviewed literally, it was, it was a grandmother, her son and his daughter all together. They've had weird stuff happen. And, and not only just Bigfoot, but their whole family's had weird stuff happen. And, that area of central Pennsylvania has a lot of stuff going on. So I kind of went into it. I was like, I don't really care about this other stuff. I'm more interested in the Bigfoot. And um, the second year I was there, we actually had a UFO experience with a, a bunch of my colleagues who were there, you know, Paulino, a bunch of people as well who were more involved in the UFO field. And, you know, we managed to film this thing on night vision. It was the craziest thing I've ever seen. Now, was there a connection to Bigfoot there? I don't personally know. All I know is it happened in the same place where there's a lot of reports where people like, Eric Altman investigate and Stan Gordon at some point and and as well as Sean Forker who's actually had experiences at the same property that I was investigating with my friends he had had previous activity there and some of the other group members that I was with actually five six years ago had a Bigfoot experience on that property while they were looking for UFOs it's like you go looking for one thing and another thing happens that's that sort of seems to be a theme so that's kind of where um, you know my interest in the UFO subject sort of took off I'm, I'm not as interested in it in it as i am in in bigfoot but i think it's really interesting and just to touch up on what kenzie was talking about in terms of new hampshire reports what's really crazy about new hampshire is yeah we have a lot of ufo history whether it be the betty and barney hill case which is widely regarded as one of the first kind of abduction stories that really went mainstream 
you've got the Exeter UFO incident. So there's a lot of UFO reports. There's a lot of Bigfoot reports too, and that's not reflected at all online. I was actually just recently in touch with this guy. I think his handle is Josh PNW Bigfoot Maps or something like that on Instagram. He um, he has some great reports, uh, and he puts these maps together basically with Bigfoot sightings. I was sending him some of the New Hampshire data, and I know the New Hampshire BFRO researcher Crystal Panic. She has 239 total reports for the state of New Hampshire of which there's only 15 publicly available on the BFRO website online. So there's a lot to close up. And I have about 30 or so, 30, 40 of my own that I've been told personally that, you know, weren't online anywhere that I, I either was told about or, or somebody knew somebody who'd had to happen to him. So there's a lot of those reports. Uh, I've heard a few stories with the UFO stuff in New Hampshire, but mostly it's been, like I said, kind of flesh and blood. But yeah, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting topic. I could talk all day about it, I'm sure. But um, I don't know where I stand. I think maybe there's an overlap. Maybe Bigfoot likes flap areas. Maybe there's a connection. I just don't think we understand it enough. And hopefully someday we will. So, yeah, thanks for listening to my thoughts on this, guys. I agree. Once you uh, once you start looking for one thing, uh, you kind of start noticing the other things, too. Or maybe something else will start noticing you. You don't know. So very interesting thoughts there on uh, State of New Hampshire. Alex, who would you like to to speak next? I know Tate likes to close it out, so I'm going <laughs> to I'm, I'm go with Nick. Hey, what's up, guys? All right. So, um, yeah, I just kind of wanted to jump in here and, and give my thoughts, uh, kind of like a high strangeness junkie. So this is right up my alley. Um, yeah. So kind of what I wanted to cover first was that, you know, there's sort of a distinction uh, with UFOs or, or UAPs. Um, they're kind of classified into two categories, um, anomalous lights or structured crap. Right. So we're really familiar with like the anomalous light sort of following uh, Bigfoot around, um, just these orbs that kind of manifest. Um, digging into some folklore um, out here in California, that's kind of my specialty. Uh, I was able to find something about the Maricopa native people. Um, they had this uh, creature that was known as uh, the Kuiahomar. Hope I didn't butcher that, I probably did, uh, which was essentially like a giant hairy ogre-like creature. Um, but they always classified it as being seen by uh, um, giant fireballs, uh, kind of following it around. So I always thought that was kind of interesting. Uh, Jacques Vallée, the famous ufologist, always kind of associated, um, you know, lights uh, kind of with like the fae folk um, and kind of some connections there uh, to Bigfoot, which I always kind of thought was interesting. Bigfoot and aliens, he sort of had that uh, crossover between fae folk and alien beings. Um, and actually, Jeremiah, the story you brought up uh, was interesting because that, that took place uh, in California. I think Brad Steiger uh, figured that one out um, about the, the crazy bear uh, and, uh, you know, coming down from like a small moon. Um, so I, I thought that was really interesting. Um, one of the more interesting stories I kind of found out here in California um, was uh, there's a town called Atascadero uh, where basically a guy... Um, this was reported uh, in the Bigfoot Files, a, a book by uh, Peter Gutia. Um, he saw a guy, or basically saw uh, a giant craft flash a giant red light uh, in his front yard, uh, and it released two Bigfoot. Uh, they kind of just like ran out of the craft, uh, off into the into the distance, 
uh, and the craft just vanished in the sky. So that's one of the like most like up in your face sort of here's a Bigfoot, here's a UFO, and there's a connection there. Uh, sort of stories I was ever able to find. Um, so you know, th- there, there's definitely like an interesting connection there. Um, you know, I think it's kind of taboo for a lot of cryptozoologists and a lot of ufologists too to kind of find a correlation between the two. Um, you know, kind of one of the only people I can really think of is Stan Gordon, who's been mentioned a couple of times. Um, you know, kind of championing uh, all that stuff. Um, you know, kind of back in Pennsylvania. Uh, which is kind of, which has been brought up tonight, which is sort of one of the the lands of weird high strangeness. Um, but you know, I think uh, I think John Green once said, um, you know, he didn't really like the connection between aliens and uh, or UFOs and, and Bigfoot. Um, he'd rather think it was just a coincidence. So I think it's kind of um, you know, it's kind of up to the new generation of of cryptozoologists to maybe kind of leave that door open. Um, you know, and, and kind of, uh, you know, do do our due diligence to kind of look at these patterns and, and these sort of weird things that, that are coming out now, like the high strangeness, you know. Um, you know, we, we have people like Dr. Jeff Meldrum who, you know, written books that basically can prove, you know, there's something physical out there. There's something walking around, leaving evidence. Like that part is, is solidified. Um, but like we were talking about, you know, um, there's so many anecdotal stories of uh, a crossover here that the, the BFRO usually just kind of like kind of throws out, doesn't really want to talk about. Um, so I think it, it's, I think it's really important for the next generation to kind of do their due, due diligence, uh, look into the phenomenon and see if there's anything there, see if there's any dots to connect. And um, that's part of the ongoing mystery. Um, and just to kind of wrap up kind of like, like Mike said, one, one interesting thing I've, I've noticed is that, um, you know, no matter if you have the best equipment, you have a great camera, anything, when you start to delve into these areas of high strangeness, uh, the phenomenon, if that's what you want to call it, tends to negate any kind of presentation of itself, any sort of chance to, to kind of catch uh, the phenomenon in action. Um, John Keel was really, really big on that, that it just, you know, it was the, like the trickster element, like we talked about, um, that just doesn't you know something about the the weird unspokenness doesn't want to be found so i think that's really interesting and um yeah thanks for getting my two cents on all that nick that that was that was really good i mean just the reminder that you know being able to discuss like adults with people that don't necessarily agree with what you or hold with what you hold is is huge and like you know maybe we don't hang out with the ufo crowd all the time but like we can talk to them and they might have info that can help us in our bigfoot or cryptid research and kind of back and forth and i've seen stuff like that happen all the time on clubhouse but yeah thank you for your thoughts definitely uh tate uh best for last of course so go ahead my my man (laughs) okay so yeah i think everybody here made a lot of great points um and uh but like you know my opinion i i don't know i don't believe there's a connection in the ufos and bigfoot just because i believe they're a natural biological animal and you know for for an animal being a natural animal like bears you don't see ufos with bears so um in my opinion 
I don't think there'd be UFOs um, associated with any Bigfoot sightings just because of that reason. Uh, that's just my opinion. Um, that being said, I did film a UFO. Um, out, if it was alien or not, probably not. Who knows? It could have been military, but it was still a UFO nonetheless. Unidentified flying object. So, yeah, it falls in the category of UFO. Um, I did film a UFO on a Bigfoot expedition. I was actually using one of Matt Moneymaker's Gen 3 night vision scope, and I have that on footage, which I'll put in the Discord, and you can make it public or wherever you want to do with it. So, yeah, I didn't have much to say, but that's just what I wanted to, wanted to get out there. You know, oh, go ahead, Greg. I say it's just another one of those, um, one of those coincidences, I guess, as, uh, as the researchers like to call them, where uh, you're on a Bigfoot expedition and you're seeing UAPs, UFOs. It's just, uh, just seems like a, a really uh, small world in the paranormal world. I think I saw Moneymaker tweeting about that recently. Okay, Moneymaker has been tweeting things that have been blowing my mind. And someone has got to... I'm trying to talk to this guy, but someone's got to interview this dude because he is tweeting out stuff that's crazy, like like tech he wants to put in with Bigfooting and stuff. Like, oh, man, it'd be a cool, cool interview. But I'll probably be talking to him in June. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Try and try and get that man if you can. But like the he was talking about like live streaming uh, during Bigfoot hunts and having like people looking for for Bigfoot over the internet or something like that. Like that'd be some wild, wild stuff, dude. Actually, Matt post Matt uh, tweeted. I sent him the video because it was his expedition that I helped organize the BFR one in Southern California. Um, so I sent him the video after I got it, and he tweeted it out and everything, and gave me video credit for it. So that was that was super cool. I got to follow up on Tate's thing though with the uh, bear and UFO. You know, yeah, we don't see bear and UFO, but we do see a lot of cows. To quote my buddy Steve, with UFOs. So are cows aliens? That's my question. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Wait, 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 whoa, whoa, whoa. So, <laughs> I see what Mike's saying. I get, I get that. That's funny. That's so, so hilarious. So you're saying, like, the cows are seen around the UFOs? Or, like, go go more into detail, Mike? The mutilations. It, it, oh, it, yeah, sorry, the, dog. Yeah. <laughs> but but that, that's a Steve Culls thing, because he okay. always gets that question about Bigfoot and UFOs, and I've been with him so many times with that. And it's like, well, you see a lot of cows with UFOs, and you see the mutilations and everything like that. So where's the correlation there? And I'm still a flesh and blood guy, but, you know, the stuff I've seen around in that documentation, it just kind of it blows my mind, like, the, like everybody said, is just that paranormal aspect. And like I said, again, to go to Nick's thing, where things go bad, last night I was working a Class A sighting, all night long the thermal cam work we go to pull onto the road where the the class a sighting was and sure enough the weather changed enough to mess up the thermal cam all night long so we can't figure this out again it's that paranormal who knows what's going on 
I was gonna say too, like again, like from my just my personal background, I'm not gonna get into it right now, but there's another reason I just don't think there is life on other planets. I know that's probably an unpopular, you know, thing to say, but at the same time it's what I believe. I'm not forcing on anybody and I'm not it's just what I believe. So that's another reason I don't think there's a connection between aliens and Bigfoot's just because I don't think aliens can be real. But that, again, unpopular opinion, but that's my opinion. Hey, you know, and that's, that's all right, man. Um, one thing that I've been trying to wrap my mind around as I go through this, like, you know, the podcast journey, uh, interviewing different types of people is so, as of right now, you know, I'm thinking Bigfoot, uh, flesh and blood, uh, great ape. How am I, how am I explaining away all the reports where there's, you know, these orbs seen or like you've got the videos, um, yeah, just the, the different orbs associated with the Bigfoot. And I don't know how to answer that yet. That's something I'm still working, you know, trying to figure out, but I don't know if anyone, has had that same, you know, um, inner dialogue if they're holding that, you know, Bigfoot is a great ape, but then how are they explaining away, you know, the orbs? I don't know. Something I'm working through. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what's so interesting about it. And I think, like I was saying earlier, just not really sure, you know, as somebody that sits more in the flesh and blood camp, it's almost like different areas seem to have more of a connection with the UFO-ness kind of, uh, like Pennsylvania seems to be a big hotspot for Bigfoot and UFO type stuff. But then again, it comes back to like, what even is the paranormal? What is, what are UFOs? Are they even aliens? Are they interdimensional? Are they, you know, like th there's just so many different kind of pathways, I suppose you can go down, but I think Nick was talking about it. You know, the new generation is a little bit more open, I'd say, but in the past there were definitely researchers and organizations that would whole wholeheartedly discount any sort of UFO connection. I think that left a lot of people jaded. You know, I, I, as I said earlier, I, I, most of the people I've ever talked to flesh and blood, I mean, it didn't, if it is paranormal, it didn't exhibit any characteristics that would indicate that had some sort of weird abilities, but there are those people and I'm not going to disregard them or tell them, well, Hey, just cause it doesn't fit my narrative. I'm not going to tell you, you know, what you saw or what you didn't see. Cause that's not what I'm about. I mean, um, you know, just can you, uh, I'm just getting poor connection here. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just, I think it's about the open-mindedness at the end of the day. And, uh, even if it doesn't agree with your personal paradigm, it doesn't mean it didn't happen. I mean, we know that there are stranger things out there than, than we can understand at the moment. So, um, I think it's just about keeping an open mind, I'd say. I mean, it, if they are not from this world, it doesn't mean that they're not flesh and blood. They're just flesh and blood from somewhere else. That's a good point. Uh, I was on a podcast with Ron Moorhead um, about six months ago, you know, and, and we all kind of go to Ron for the sounds, but he talks about the stuff up there at Sierra with seeing physical stuff, seeing UFOs, and seeing the orbs, and it's kind of an interesting how they had all that happen up there at that Sierra camp. Uh, that's actually interesting, Mike, that you brought up uh, Ron Moorhead because um, I, I was just going to jump in. Um, you know, there's a, with the Sierra sounds, um, there's actually like a small little following of like occultists and people that are sort of into like, uh, 
uh, kind of like the works of Aleister Crowley and kind of weird stuff like that, that have actually listened to the Sierra sounds and, and given a really odd and interesting uh, perspective where they've said that the, you know, sort of the, the grunts and noises, the, the kind of samurai-ish sounds uh, that they're called, um, resemble something called barbarous word, which is essentially just like a cult incantation. Um, so yeah, I mean, if you really want to dive into stuff, like you can link a lot of interesting Bigfoot things to the strangest paranormal phenomenon out there. You know, there's even stuff now where there's like a woman in white connection. Um, I think somebody brought up that at the end of uh, the movie Willow Creek, they decided to, to plug in a, a woman in white there. Um, you know, you'll, you'll get Bigfoot linked to, I just did a story on my Instagram about uh, a Bigfoot sighting that uh, a reoccurring Bigfoot sighting at a home uh, in Southern California, outside of LA that ended with like a black eyed kid encounter, which is like a, a common, like creepy pasta thing on the internet. And all this stuff is like vetted and verified by, you know, different, um, you know, paranormal researchers that, you know, um, you know, are kind of a little bit more notable been on, you know, um, conferences and stuff like that so you know some of the, the stuff is vetted it's not just sort of uh online chatter so it, it's it's interesting you know the the high strangeness aspect of of bigfoot and you kind of slam it against you know the the flesh and blood um you know hard science of it all it it, it really makes you question like you know what is going on behind the scenes with all these things and uh, yeah it's, it's why i love looking into all this stuff Dude, like that's a wild, it's a wild take on Rotten Moorhead. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's say, awesome. Can I say one thing real quick? I, I promise. Yes. I'll let Jenny, Jenny yeah. Exactly. Me. Yep. No, interesting mentioning Ron Moorhead. Um, you know, because he's been kind of known recently for the quantum Bigfoot, and you know, talking a little bit on the Woo side in what you know the Bigfoot community. I recently met him when I was up in the in Olympic Project. I didn't know he was actually a member because you know the Olympic Project, most of the guys are pretty hardcore flesh and blood and they have some of the best Bigfoot evidence in my opinion but it's really interesting to find out that Ron Moorhead actually is a member of the Olympic project so even those guys are you know they're open to some of the possibilities and I've talked to other Bigfoot researchers too some BFRO members that are like yeah I mean we've had orb stuff happen in our Bigfoot areas and you know they just don't know what to make of it so definitely really interesting especially when you bring up that kind of weirder connection but Jenny please go for it oh hello thanks for having me so I am all things paranormal. I love reading and watching everything that I can um, about aliens and Bigfoot and uh, the goblins that happen to appear in Hellier, Kentucky. Have y'all watched Hellier? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That's a great series. Yeah. Um, it really piqued my picked my interest back up again and I think a conversation was had about the connection between Bigfoot and UFOs um, I think uh, something that I I was talking to my friend last night and he was talking about how uh, there's the theory that we are all seated here by aliens because if you look at um, meteorites and and rocks and gems that come that come out of the sky I mean those are considered uh extraterrestrial you know so why wouldn't uh i'm trying to tie it all together i really am so just bear with me so if that you know things that come out that the alien i'm sorry i'm, I'm really getting my words back so no you're anyway, good go ahead yeah okay. you're good um 
you know, why wouldn't a Bigfoot be just like another race of alien that was dropped off down here or seated and it was kind of like an experiment gone wrong? And um, because how do they disappear so fast? They're such large beings. And like, I think, Alex, you mentioned something about them being on a different dimension. Who knows if they're hopping from dimension to dimension? Um, how do they disappear so fast? That's that's what I want to know too. So, thank you. That's all I have to say. Oh, thank you for uh, for bringing up those thoughts. And I mean, like, there's so many different ways uh, to think about this topic, and that that was a very uh, awesome awesome uh, way of of thinking about this. Thank you for sharing, Jenny. Um, I'm oh, going. Oh, sorry. Uh, Tate, I just wanted to to remind everyone real quick, we have about 15 minutes left in the room. So if you have something to uh, add to this discussion, feel free to raise your hand uh, and we'll bring you up. But Tate, go ahead. I was going to say, when I was on this BR4 expedition, uh, Bobo showed up. And uh, me, me, Bobo, and this other researcher that was there, um, we, it was, we just kind of went to do like a little solo uh night out squatching so it's just the three of us which is pretty cool i was able to record the knock um but anyway boba was telling us that he had i think he he saw a ufo one time squatching and he was talking about it looked like a a triangle so if uh if you if any of you guys ever get him on his podcast your podcast again uh definitely talk to him about ufos and orbs because i know he's seen them and stuff like that and he's told me a few stories Oh, I, I mean, I hopefully someday that would be amazing. Um, Paul, I, we brought you up on stage. I saw your hand. Uh, welcome. What brings you hey, up to stage? I just had uh, some comments to make. This is my first time here. I've really enjoyed the conversation. I think something that I've heard over and over is that, you know, we throw around the term flesh and blood. And Bigfooting is not a formal scientific discipline. And one of the results of that is that a lot of times language is loosely thrown around compared to a discipline that has very specific meanings. And I think it's important to distinguish that something that's considered flesh and blood, I don't think very many people are arguing that Bigfoot, you know, doesn't interact with our environment and there's not any physical evidence, but it's saying something much different to say it's a natural, undiscovered species. Though, to me, those are, are two different things. And Alex, your, your take on, uh, you know, crossing the bridge between paranormal and world and you know what we commonly think of as everyday uh, observations and science you know eventually we'll you know come to understand things that are strange as something that's quite normal I, I that that's my absolute philosophy and you can look at points back in in world history and in, in scientific history where you know, things that seemed impossible suddenly just become everyday normal. That said, uh, I'm, I'm new to the cryptid world. Um, 
I'm actually a biologist, a zoologist, and something that I've seen in, in reading and, and listening to uh, people with a lot more knowledge about this topic than myself, such as Mike, is that people tend to overlook the weirdness that was mentioned by one of your earlier speakers because they, they, they have a paradigm that Bigfoot is a natural, you know, flesh, or I almost said it myself, a natural uh, species that evolved. Uh, and therefore, anything strange that happens along with that, those are data that get thrown out. And so there's probably a lot more weirdness going on, but it's just left out. I, I don't want to keep rambling, so. No, that's a, that's a great point, Paul. You know, like, uh, and kudos to you for, like, being in your field, but also being open to, like, you know, coming into cryptozoology and, like, looking into the, the weird, as you said. Like, that's really cool. So we're... Uh, we're glad that you're hanging out with us. Thank you. Yeah, really interesting, Paul. Thanks for coming in. Just, I mean, like, I, I think about this a lot. Even the concept of germs, right? I mean, that wasn't, people weren't really aware of germs until, I believe, the, you know, the later part of the 1800s, the early 20th century. And, you know, how much effect does that have? I and mean, talk about today, especially everything going on. So, you know, it's just interesting how you have these big kind of paradigm shifts and, you know, I'm, I'm right there with you. I think maybe one day we'll understand. Maybe maybe it won't happen in any of our lifetimes, but certainly interesting to ponder and uh, try to get to the bottom of it, or at least on a personal level. We are uh, getting to almost to the end of our time. I uh, want to make sure, you know, if anyone has any closing uh, thoughts, uh, feel free to say them at this time um also hey we're at the end um has uh anyone uh, seen sasquatch on hulu <laughs> i still have to watch it uh i have not seen it yet <laughs> are you done recording uh hold on <laughs> i will be right now <laughs>